unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative. She's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is Rose Unplugged. This podcast episode is brought to you by MyPillow. MyPillow.com, promo code ROSE. On today's episode of Rose Unplugged, I asked someone who I consider a friend because we have talked so much over the years, particularly where Israel is concerned. He's the co-founder and longtime writer for American Thinker. When I knew him in the very beginning, he was writing for Israel Hayam, my friend Richard Baer. Richard, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Thanks for having me back on, Rose. Absolutely. I mean, I you're my go-to person when I want to discuss all things Israel. And right now, what's happening there is just so heartbreaking. In fact, I made the mistake of just looking at everything that was happening, all the pictures, all the videos, and I couldn't fall asleep until 3.30 one night because these are real right. people, and I feel that they are owed no whitewashing number one, because the media is not telling you everything. There are stories that I would say to people, you know, did you know that this happened, that these young children were kidnapped? Did you know a girl was taken right out of a concert and there's video of her screaming and her father has seen right. it? I mean, we need people to understand exactly what happened. And it is horrific. And it is something that yeah. you may have seen in movies, but never expected to see in real life. What were your thoughts when you were watching all of this unfold? Right. Um, I, I have very similar ones in that uh, you're seeing a level of barbarianism and viciousness that's hard to explain if you're a normal human being. I mean, this is the first time we've had Jews pulled out of houses and executed uh, since the Holocaust. Right. I mean, more, more Jews died on Saturday than on any other day in 75 since the end of World War II, really since 1943. So, uh, I mean, it's just a completely horrific experience. And this was, these were people who were trying to mass murder. The question is, were they happy that they got seven or 800? No, they would have been happier if they could have killed 50,000. Yes. They would have been happier if they could have killed every Jew in Israel. Because ultimately, that's the purpose, is the death of the state. And given that the Islamic calling is to Muhammad's last message that the final uh, victory will be killing all the Jews who are hiding, now, the people who are into that sickness, which is not all Muslims, but some of them, um, that's what's reflected in what happened this week. And it's a, it's simply a horrific thing to watch. And, you know, think about a concert. What if people leaving a Taylor Swift conference, concert were suddenly gunned down in the streets? I mean, yes. people would say that's that's not possible. I mean, how could that happen? You had three to four thousand people at this concert you described. And maybe one out of every five was shot, and about half of them died. I mean, that's those are staggering numbers. And these are people who are, first of all, they weren't all Jewish, but they're from a lot of countries in Europe. It's had people down for this thing. It's a big deal, I guess. Yes, but, Germany so uh, had a know, lot of people there. Yeah, yes, some Americans. I mean, it's and you go there. It's a peace concert. That's what this was—a peace concert, and. Uh, and so much for uh, longing for peace. Uh, but it's there is evil in the world. And if you can't recognize it seeing this, if you go back to sort of stale politics, that this is caused by the occupation and the strangulation of Gaza, and it's an open prison. And I, I don't care however terrible one situation is, or they think it is, 
or if you're an outside observer describing it that way, there is nothing that would ever call for mass murdering civilians who have nothing to do with what's being experienced on the other side. And of course, there's no personal agency ever for the Palestinians in any situation. It's always Israel's fault. There's nothing they could have done to advance their cause more. Maybe if they started stopped in a state of war against Israel, they might have a different situation now. But that's that was never the goal. No, that was never the goal. And, and this truly is just hatred. You know, it was interesting because when it first happened, we were hearing from Blinken and others and, oh, we haven't seen any evidence yet of involvement of Iran. And uh, this is just right. a Hamas attack on Israel. And then it took the Wall Street Journal to do what our right. – what we couldn't even right. do, our intelligence, the Israeli intelligence. And we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Yeah. But so now we yep. do see evidence. No one else did, but the Wall right. Street Journal did. And it and Iran is certainly behind this, and it makes you sick right. to oh, think yeah. how we have given right. Iran what they needed to give them what they needed. Yeah, we did an even exchange in prisoners and threw in uh, six billion, you know, to make it a little sweeter. I mean, the Americans released seventy-five million dollars to the Palestinian Authority, which some of which goes to Gaza and some of which goes to the West Bank, a day before these attacks. I mean, they're up to their neck in this. I mean, the entire nuclear deal with Iran, which started, you know, back during Obama's second term, was designed to sort of reorient American policy towards giving Iran more stature in the region and not being dominated by the Sunni-Israeli conflict. I mean, I, I don't know who comes up with this. Maybe Valerie Jarrett, you know, who was born in Iran and was the closest Obama advisor. But we've been on the wrong track with Iran for 10 years. And it's at what point do you recognize that when they say death to Israel, death to America, they mean death to both. They do indeed. And in fact, I'm, Richard, I'm so glad you brought that up because they were yelling at, while they were yelling Allah Akbar. They were also yelling death to America while they were America. slaughtering Jews. So what does that exactly. tell you? What does that tell you? Right. And I think we're right. next. But no, let's. Exactly. Let's talk about following the money for a moment because everyone was quick to, to just dismiss this um, over the weekend after it <laughs> happened. But $6 billion went to Iran and everyone mm -hmm. denied that this had anything to do or supported this effort right. in any way. And then consider this, too, that $60 billion in unenforced sanctions have freed right. up Iran to sell Correct. oil. They have also, you know, they're saying, oh, it was Absolutely. for the $6 billion we gave them was only for humanitarian needs. But but then that does free them up, right? They free, it frees up right. other yeah. money for nefarious right. deeds. And that's what we've seen. And having said that Iran yeah. supports them in this endeavor, the, certainly they have. And it, with seven or over seven and a half million immigrants coming in here, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. Right. I'm a little yeah. afraid. Yeah. Okay. But we'll get to that. But one yeah. thing I did learn, you know, in, through all of this is that Iran funds, uh, Iran's money funds about 70% of all the funds that the terrorists receive. Did you, am I right about that? I, I knew I, I, I don't know the exact number, but I'm sure it's high because there's been a lot of pressure on the Sunni Arab states, especially Qatar and the Emirates of Saudi Arabia, which historically have been big sponsors, especially Qatar and, and the Saudis. But that's gone. And the Saudis, of course, wasn't officially from the government, per se, other than to mosques, which trained some of these uh, haters like uh, took, took part in what occurred here on 22 years ago on 9-11. But. Iran is by far the biggest terrorist sponsor now. I mean, everybody else in the world is an afterthought compared to them. 
and let's not fool ourselves. That money's not really going to the to the good for all the people in Iran. They know exactly. No, no, no. This is all about Iran. It's not just about Hamas. And and there are no right. listen. There's only going to be one winner in the war that's breaking out right now between Israel and the Palestinian group Hamas. And it's not Absolutely. Israel and it's not Hamas. So who does that right. leave? Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's exactly right. I mean, your point about the money is is kind of an interesting point to talk about because, the, first of all, money is always fungible. So if you spend your own money on X, doesn't mean the money you're getting can't go for Y. Right. Or if you get money from abroad to go for X, then your own money goes for Y. So th- that's the first. And the second is all this stuff about, well, this was Iran's money. We're really not giving him any new money. This was money held in South Korea for oil sales and the 60 billion you mentioned. There's a bunch of different sources for that. But again, if they don't control it, they don't have it. So when you make a decision that results in a change, it doesn't matter that this was something they earned from oil sales. They didn't have use of it before. The whole purpose of sanctions was to force them to have supposedly better behavior. Right. If they don't behave better, they shouldn't get the money, whether they sold oil or not sold oil. So, of course, it's a substantive change when suddenly the money starts flowing. And even if they hadn't received a dollar yet from the United States, which is what Blinken's claiming, or and Jennifer Griffin said the same thing on Fox News, a little disappointing for her to parrot the administration's line like that. Yes. It doesn't matter because knowing the money is coming already affects how what kind of policy changes you make or how you operate. So, You know, Richard, one of the things, too, speaking of the media, one of the things I noticed from the get-go is anytime anyone, even on Fox, Richard, wanted to disparage the Biden administration and suggest that it was because of the weakness that is demonstrated through this administration throughout the globe, they were cut down immediately. No, no, but Biden said, but we're 100% behind Israel. You know what? I'll believe all of that when I see all of that. Right. I mean, he he hosted an Israeli opposition leader, but wouldn't host Netanyahu, Netanyahu. who's the prime minister, who supposedly is his good buddy, who he's known for all these years. And, you know, they met for a few minutes off camera during the United Nations General Assembly session. I mean, you couldn't humiliate the guy more. I mean, Netanyahu knows what's going on. He's terrible. You know, he's been through this. But for this administration to behave this way and now turn on a dime, I think it's lost a lot of credibility. I mean, I want to say this because you raised the point earlier. There was a massive intelligence failure here. And this is really damaged, I think, the Israeli psyche, which is that they have military deterrence that they have the best intelligence service, that they have the best military in the region. There's 800 funerals going on now. I mean, Jews bury their dead very quickly. And, you know, people are running from funerals into bomb shelters because there are rockets coming now from Hezbollah in addition to the ones coming from from Gaza. So, I mean, you're dealing with like just a horrific situation, almost indescribable to somebody who leads a normal life here. And, you know, while this is going on, they have to fight a war. So, I mean, all the who messed up, who screwed up, who didn't get the signals. I mean, I think you you mentioned that the Egyptians may have been given some uh, giving some information to the Israelis that there might be something coming from Gaza. They didn't know what. Well, if they gave it, if the Egypt, which gets two billion a year from the United States, gave that information to Israel, they would have given it to the United States too. 
You would think, so, although our president was sleeping, you know, I mean, and, yeah. and can we talk about that for a minute? Do you think that that, I mean, sure. honestly, that wouldn't you think that unless they felt like, what good is he going to do? But wouldn't you have thought that that would have been one of the first calls that the the government in Israel would have made? And that was to the president of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I mean, I, suppose, how did the Wall Street Journal get insight on this? And today, the BBC and Reuters both have very detailed explanations of the training programs for this, how essentially they pulled it off. This is two years they've had people in training. They didn't even tell them what they're going to be doing for most of that period of time. But there was a whole process of making it look like Islamic Jihad, another terror group in Gaza was going to fire rockets and Hamas was now you know, going to seek better employment opportunities for more Gazans, like that's their control is human rights and social justice. And Israel fell for it, apparently. I mean, and if, if that's the case, uh, they can't be ever be this comfortable again, uh, just as they shouldn't have been that comfortable in 1973 when the war broke out yes. on two fronts on Yom Kippur. And obviously there's something about specific days that matter to groups that want to make a statement. I mean, a lot of people forget that one year to the day after the shootout in Waco was the Oklahoma City bombing. Right? Was that accidental that it was picked on the same day to do that? I don't think so. Mm. Was it accidental that 50 years plus one day after the start of the Yom Kippur War, this was what happened on Saturday? Well, it also has something to do with the fact that it coincided with a holiday and the Sabbath. So a lot of people are in synagogue. Their guard is down a little bit. You know, they're celebrating. A, it's a celebratory holiday. And so it, it, you're almost sitting ducks. It's like you're going to have a weaker force. You're going to have a, a thinner force on the, on those borders. And you think you have control because no one's ever tried to do a breach like this before. They may not have even imagined it. And that's something that we all got to deal with is you can have a failure of imagination because you assume everything is as it's always been. And things have changed, like drones. Drones are the major instrument in this war in Ukraine. Yes. I mean, that wasn't the way land wars were fought, you know, 10, 20, even the Yugoslavia wars of the 1990s, nothing like this. You know, speaking so, of Ukraine, they're going to be asking us for dollars again this week, right? And I think so. And I'll tell you what, it's Israel that we need to start supporting right now and ASAP. But you know, <laughs> and, and I interrupted you, I'm sorry. I, but no, I, no, 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 it made me think not of this. All. I was listening to General Jack Keane and he was talking about, well, military equipment and how we should be supporting them. And he said that since Israel became a state in 1948, Israel has never asked us to use our troops, our planes, our aircraft, our Navy ships, our subs. They've never asked us for anything like that. And they they took pride in the fact that they didn't have to. They didn't need to. Right. Right. So that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, But now they're going to need it, I think. Don't you? Well, there's an interesting discussion that I saw on one of the programs over the weekend. I couldn't tell you which one because they all sort of run into each other over a period of time. But that uh, since there were American hostages that were taken into Gaza, which is an enormous complication for any military effort that Israel makes, because if Hamas is they're threatening now that they will kill one hostage every time there's a residential building 
bombed by Israel. Mm. So if they start showing pictures of people being shot in the head who are hostages, I mean, the pressure for ceasefires and for Israel to stop its war against the poor civilians of Gaza, you know that's going to happen. It's happened every time Israel ever gets attacked and then responds that they give it a couple days and then immediately it, it has to end. But the Americans, uh, the, the argument I saw on this Fox program was that the Americans have very skilled people in hostage negotiation. And I guess what I'd say is hostage negotiations can be conducted with normal people or they can be yes. conducted with people like Hamas. And it's a different story. And I think the Israelis are a little wary of potentially putting American lives at risk to do operations that they think they're capable of doing. So I, I would be surprised if you actually see an American military presence. But in terms of weaponry and supplies, they're going to need a lot more of the Iron Dome support because if you're getting 3,000 rockets fired you know, yes. every two days, they get overwhelmed. Those systems get overwhelmed. They use all that they have you know, each time that this thing happens. Uh, and they're going to need a lot more of that. And it's, it's actually an issue because appropriations by Congress for supplemental aid are sort of stymied now because of this in, insanity over the Republican House activity. I mean, without a speaker, they probably can't pass an appropriations bill. You know, I, honest to God, please. That's a whole nother story. But, you know, you're in, you're right about what you were saying and, and how it could be, it become. Keen was saying that, that we should definitely not say, we should not say no. He doesn't think we should say no to them at all and because they could, as you mentioned, be overloaded. They can't stop casualties and they may have to ask us to assist. And that, at that point, Keen yeah, was no, suggesting. No, I, oh, sure, sure. No, no. For, for, I, I think he's in general a very thoughtful guy. He's very sober. I mean, he's been all in on Ukraine, and I, I'm i okay with people who are supportive of that and, and others who are less supportive of that. It's a complicated issue, and, you know, obviously I'm not in favor of blank checks. Me At the neither. same time, what Russia, yeah, what Russia did to Ukraine was, was hardly a kind gesture. So, I, you know, it's a complex issue, and he is been a good analyst of, of what's going on on the battlefield, not necessarily the politics, but he's very good on the battlefield stuff. We don't know how serious this is going to be. If Hezbollah gets in the war and starts launching thousands of longer range, more powerful rockets and missiles at Israeli's large cities, like Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, Haifa, which they can reach with a, with a range that they have from in Lebanon, which is much more comprehensive than what Hamas has had in Gaza, you don't know. I mean, I, I don't think you know the United Americans are going to let Israel be bombarded to death. I so, should hope not. I should uh, hope not. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, so, and, but but it, it's it's ugly. I mean, it this is, is ugly. This is a very dangerous moment right now. I don't think have we ever seen. You know, getting back to the hostage uh, topic, you know, they apparently I've heard that they right now they may even be negotiating They're They're even wondering if the third party might be involved like Egypt or something. They, they may have already right. started, Carter. but like, but like you said, so, though, you're, you're not negotiating with someone who thinks maybe the same way most people think, or, you know, you're just right. not. Exactly. And, and exactly. so I'm, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to say is I've read that Qatar is supposedly in negotiations because uh -huh. The Israelis didn't liquidate every Hamas guy they found on the Israeli side of the Gaza border in the last two, three days when they finally got the troops moved up. They've captured a lot of them. 
But given that Israel's made exchanges in the past of a thousand Palestinian prisoners to get one hostage back, I mean, that's not, think about, you know, those kind of ratios when you have 150 people who were taken hostage and some of them are not even Israeli. And you've got, you know, complications of all kinds of countries sort of getting involved because they want to bring their nationals back. I mean, it's a, it's a, going to be a horror show for Israel to have to navigate that minefield. And, 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 and the, you know, Hamas's issue, they don't care about getting their people back. They sacrifice their people and their civilians. They put their weapons, you know, underneath residential buildings so that, uh, you know, so go ahead, bomb me, you know, if you let, and kill a few hundred people on the ground if you want to get to our weapons and then we'll call you war criminals. So, that, I mean, that's the game they play. It's incredibly cynical. Uh, and the West doesn't operate like that. I mean, Israelis actually provide information to residents of a building to get out if they've targeted a building. I mean, who does that? So, I mean, given this sort of difference in what I'll call civilization versus an utter lack of civilization, basic human decency versus cruelty and barbarity, it's a tough equation for the good guys to win. It really is. And, you know, when we talk about the hostages too, I mean, there's an unknown number of hostages, but what we have seen our young children, I was listening to um, a family member talk about uh, a mother that was taken away with a four-year-old and a nine-month-old. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen to that child. And, right. you know, yeah. and, and he, he even said, look, this is a nine-month-old who needs food and diapers and, you know, but I right. don't think that, I'm not sure that their captors think very much about that or care very much about yeah. how they're going to fare when, while they're in right. their custody, you know, but they but when you've seen the number of children, the elderly women, the women, the young women in general, my gosh, there are so many. The video of the one young girl that they had taken away from the concert right. and um, put rape, her on the- raped her and tore the clothing from her. I mean, it's it's hideous. It's just scenes you don't ever expect to see in, in real life. And, and it happened numerous times. So many times. With people cheering. I mean, they're like ululating, I think is the expression they use. When they're like dancing in hysteria, giving out candies and cheering and whooping because to humiliate the Jew or to humiliate the victim is exactly what the goal is. They want to show you're powerless, that we can destroy. We have no ethics like yours. We can be cruel and we're not we don't feel bad about it. So that's yeah. what you're dealing with. That's the kind of enemy this is. And, the, the, and imagine for those who survived some of this, what what terror. It's just unbelievable to me. And, you know, yeah. one yeah. of the things that we I think we have to talk about is when we consider how well thought out this was, because, look, this is something that I believe that that Israel has been just as we are in the West here, a target. And, and I believe yeah. that it will come to our land, and I believe some may be here already, sure. and they have patience. They are strategizing, right? Oh, sure. right? They don't care how right. long it takes. They just and, want to get yeah. it done. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the reports, again, by, by Reuters and the BBC say this may have been two years wow. of preparation in terms of changing the psychology of Israel, how they, they thought about Hamas, changing essentially facts on the ground. So it appeared that a different group, again, was the primary uh, party responsible for, for rocket attacks and that Hamas, you know, was operating differently than they had in the past. 
So, I mean, and obviously there's a lot of money that goes into that because, you know, if somebody's going to be well-fed in Gaza, it's going to be the people who are going to be there to kill Israelis and anybody else who winds up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah th- th- this was well-planned. And, uh, you know, and that's why you, it's another statement of why Iran is involved because they are a lot more sophisticated about pulling something off like this than would be a terrorist group which just fires rockets. So if we consider that this is, if it's true that this took two years of planning, let's talk about what can be done in three years, because in three years, we have had over seven and a half million migrants coming in. Okay. Since Biden took office, they are estimating that that total will jump to 8 million by January. Let me ask you this. If we're talking 8 million people, let's do the math. I mean, one in a thousand was a bad guy. Yes. That's how many people. I mean, the new people buried somewhere in America that nobody knows where they are other than they're not going to show up to their scheduled date with the immigration service in two or three years when they finally get around to them. Who knows what they're doing? Who knows what, who they're conspiring with? Who knows who they're recruiting who is already in America to get involved with the same kind of activities? If America you know, escapes over the next few years without any of this kind of insanity, we'll be lucky. Wow. I, I, you know what? I don't know that we will. I really don't know that we'll escape <laughs> yeah. it. I certainly can't say that it's likely. But you know what? You're my Jewish friend. I'm a born again Christian, as you well know. And uh, we have, we, well, we share some of the same scriptures, the Holy Word from Isaiah and Ezekiel. And sometimes I wonder, you know, what I, how Isaiah reads chapter 17 or Ezekiel 38. I mean, we could be looking at, at the setup of either one of them or both, frankly. Right. And and not to mention that, um, Many of the born-again Christians and evangelicals in America are have been the most avid, supportive yes, people have. for the state of Israel yes. for decades. I mean, more so than many of my own people who are you know concerned with all kinds of human rights issues and social justice issues, and for whom Israel's become an embarrassment, precisely because there's an increasing role for observant people, because they have a higher birth rate, they're an increasing share of the population. And there are lots of Israelis uncomfortable with that because that's not them anymore. They're like the successful elite. And yeah. you know, similar to what's happened in the United States, where you know, the, the average person you met in suburbia was someone who thought the same way you do. Now they just don't want anything to do with a rabble, with what they regard as oh, wow. you know, the, the, other pe- the other people, the other party. And, uh, you know, it, it's bad. I mean, the kind of comment Hillary Clinton made the other day about deprogramming is needed, you know, for 70 million people. I mean, that that's an astonishing co- co- comment by someone who almost got elected president. <laughs> Isn't it, though? It's frightening. It really is. Yeah. Well, listen, Richard. I always enjoy talking to you, my friend, and I just, I adore you. I really do. And you know that over the years, we've talked so many times over so many years. I appreciate you. I appreciate all that you do. And thank you for taking the time. I, I kept you a little longer than I an- intended, but there's oh. just so much to talk about. But when we go forward now, I think the biggest thing that the greatest thing that any of us can do, Jew and Christian alike, is pray. That's the yeah. greatest thing we can do. Pray and, 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 and be vigilant and stand up to the liars and deniers. Yeah, I was actually shocked, Richard, we'll end with this, at how many people, you know, you saw the protest or the, actually there was a rally supporting Palestinians in New York City and 
Yep, I just thought, absolutely. are you guys aware of what just happened to women and children? Do you do you know what just happened yeah, to them? All I know, yeah, they don't care. Don't care. Yeah, it's so sad. It really is. So yes, I agree yeah. with you. Be diligent and God bless you, Richard. God bless you. Oh, thank, thank, thank you, and best wishes for you as well. Thank you, dear. Thanks.